The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetzai. I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Sunday of Week 12 is over. It is time to give out some awards. First up, Sunday football just ended. Eagles, like, dominated the Packers, and then Rodgers got hurt, and Jordan Love looked really good. DK. Yes. Do you think people are being dramatic about whether Rodgers is going to play again for the Packers, or do you think Rodgers is not going to play against the Packers? I mean, I think there's at least a solid chance that this is the last we've seen of Rodgers in a Packers uniform. Number one, he has a thumb injury that he's been battling all year. Number two, he suffered a ribs slash maybe oblique injury in this game, had to leave early. Number three, and probably most important here is the Packers are now four and eight. And Jordan Love looked kind of good in relief. Obviously, that's like the insane small sample size, but he didn't look like it was too big for him. You know, he's coming off of a very, very strong preseason, all this stuff. Like, there's a lot of momentum kind of going forward for Jordan Love kind of taking over at some point here for the Packers. And obviously, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be around after this year. Like, I think the Packers are making that assumption. Aaron Rodgers is probably assuming that. So why keep rolling Pac- uh, Rodgers out there hurt if they can kind of get like a head start on the Jordan Love era? What do you think? Oh, I would. Heifetz's theory that Aaron Rodgers should end up on the Jets made a lot of sense until Mike White came in today <laughs> and made it rain. So I'm not sure if there's a team rain. for Rodgers anymore. <laughs> well, too bad. Yeah, Mike White Lotus just out here killing Rodgers. But I think the Rodgers, the extension he signed, I think kind of hit the fact that he can totally get traded this offseason. Like it's doable. Like it, it, it totally yeah. can happen. So if Rodgers wants to keep playing football and the Packers are like, we kind of want to see Jordan Love, I do think there's a world where. Rodgers sits out knowing he'll come back or maybe doesn't know, but he wants to see. But if he doesn't want to go out like this and the Packers do want to see the future, they could just have Jordan Love next year, trade Rodgers. And I think the dead cap hit is the same if he retires. So, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Rodgers plays next week. But you could also right. convince me that Jordan Love healthy is better than Rodgers with his broken thumb and this injury. Like, I think Rodgers is probably better than he is. He's not done, but he's diminished a lot. It's similar, but not even it's not the same, clearly, because Rodgers is coming off two MVP seasons. But there is, I think, some similarity in the 
sense that like Jordan Love comes in and like, runs the offense that they're wanting to run and like runs the plays that they want to run. Whereas Rogers is kind of more like a freelancer, you know, out of structure kind of guy. Like that's been the ar- argument healthy. for a while. Right. Plus he's not healthy. You know, doesn't have a ton of chemistry with these receivers. Christian Watson, by the way, woo, he's looking I good. I know. Can I toss out a, a landing spot for Rogers that I think would be hilarious? <laughs> Please do. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh my God. But the they're like the same team though, because they both I mean, the Bucs have a better defense of today, but like they both I mean, the Bucs just have better receivers, but neither of those teams can run the ball, it feels like. I don't know. I guess the Bucs I, I What about the 49ers? No. No, because the Packers wouldn't this is why it did the Jets. I, I <laughs> to briefly go over this, he has to go out of the conference. It's the same thing as when the Packers traded Brett Favre to the Jets. It was like they wrote in his con, like they wrote in all the deals that they couldn't trade him to Vikings. That was how badly they wanted him at the division. There's no way the Packers are trading him to the 49ers. Never mind if Rodgers wanted to go to the 49ers. He has to go to the AFC. How many AFC teams make sense? All the AFC teams either have a quarterback and don't need Rodgers or suck so bad Rodgers would rather retire. The only teams that are in the middle are like the Jets, the Raiders, and the Titans. Of those three, if you're in Rodgers, where do you want to go? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, yeah. If you Raiders, come up with a fourth team, let me know. Every other team either is set or sucks, and they got to trade. Going to the Raiders, the man is from Chico, California. Go back home. <laughs> Devontae Adams is going to be like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> That's the thing. Are the Packers going to go to the Raiders and be like, "So what if you know we just do this again?" <laughs> like, what do they do? In reality, the biggest mistake was at the trade deadline. The Raiders and the Packers should have just undone the Devontae Adams trade. That would have probably helped. We'll take backs. Involved. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, first award here. Uh, it's the Just Take the L Man Award. And it's going to be because I didn't like Josh Jacobs this year. And I'm sorry to everybody because it turns out he's the best running back in fantasy football. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he's like the consensus pick for the best fantasy football running back and perhaps the best real-life running back in the league right now. Certainly this year's production, I think you could make that argument. The way he's playing, the way, like... He's well-rounded. He can he can factor in, in the passing game. He's obviously very explosive in the run game. He breaks a ton of tackles, yards after the uh, catch, yards after contact, all that stuff. I don't know if I'd put him at the top as like the number one running back, but he's certainly like in that top tier right now. I don't know, man. He's the only guy in the league averaging over 100 yards per game, and the team's three and eight. Well, I mean, you can argue, you know, he's literally the number one running back in half PPR. He is, sport. yeah, like this season. Contract year. What does this mean for next year? That's oh, you? They know. have to sign him. Instead of contract year guys, we should just put like steroid guys. That would just, you know what? Just You know what's crazy about Jacobs is that he, he was drafted so late. His ADP, he was the 50th player taken in fantasy football this year on average, 50th. He was the 22nd running back taken. Mm. I just went back and looked at the last 10 years uh, and looked at like which guys finished as the overall RB1 and, and where they were drafted. Be- pretty much the only time I could find where a, a running back was taken outside the top 30 outside the, the first two rounds and finished as the overall RB1 was in 2015. Can you remember who did it? Came out of Johnson? fucking nowhere. No, not David Johnson. He was a high pick in 2016. Because Arian Foster also came out of nowhere, but he, that was before that. It was Devontae Freeman. Ooh. 2015, oh, yeah. he was the RB1. He was, he was past 100th uh, in ADP. But Josh Jacobs, this is like, this does not happen. What he's doing is extremely rare. We are very rarely this incorrect. <laughs> On that note about rareness, so today... Josh Jacobs had 33 carries for 229 yards. He also had six catches for 74 yards. So he had, this is crazy. He had over 300 yards from scrimmage, which crazy for all the, it's, it, he's only the 11th player in NFL history to do that. And I'm talking like post-World War II uh, uh, NFL history. 
there's only three running backs that have even done that. I think in the Super Bowl era, 300 yards from scrimmage Jeez. in a game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just Priest Holmes, Adrian Peterson, and like Josh Jacobs to do that. I, I, I look. Obviously, this is. A, I mean, he's like the fantasy football player of the first of, of the first two thirds of the season. So, apologies that I was down on him. But I think what's crazy is he only had 30 fantasy points in his life once in his first three seasons. He's done that like three times since October began. Like four <laughs> of the best six games of Josh Jacobs' career are like in the last six weeks. You mentioned those guys that he outscored or that he outgained being one of 11 people to have over 300 yards. I just wanted to point out, I went and looked at that list. Uh, the guy below him now, so Josh Jacobs had 304 yards. Uh, the guy he just eclipsed who had 303 yards in the game's name is Clois Box. And yeah. he did it in 1964. Uh, Can you say Clois that again? is Jim Benton and Clois Box. Do you know that's my middle name? Clois? Danny Cloyce Seifetz. Uh, oh I just want to toss God. that out. He was born in 1923, <laughs> Cloyce. Whatever happened to Cloyce? How many, who were we talking, we were talking about, oh, when the Colts often scored at Park, Fra not Parks, Park Frazier. We were like, how many Park people are, like named Park? How many Cloyces were, how many kids were named Cloyce last year? He's a two-time NFL champ, Cloyce. That is an all-time name. I got to tell you, love that. Cloyce Box, and it's not a nickname, nothing. That's his name. Here's the thing. If Josh Jacobs were named Cloyce Jacobs, we all would have had him as a top 40 player. <laughs> so true. That's the problem. Josh Jacobs had a boring name. His name that is was just a little too boring. The alliteration helps a little bit, but it's a little too boring. It, it gets like, the alliteration takes it to like a four out of 10. So yeah, Josh Jacobs, best running back. In, shout out Cloyce Jacobs. We'll rename him that and he'll get respect now. Just to add to this little Jacobs thing, I want to say it is important here for the rest of the year, not only obviously are we playing Josh Jacobs and he's going to be like the MVP of the season, the Seahawks Mario Kart rainbow strip defense is like back. The Seahawks defense turned back into a pumpkin. They suck. I got to tell you. You're just such a nihilist for the Seahawks. DK is such a victim of the moment. You are. You really are with the Seahawks. <laughs> Even more so well, than me with the Giants. That's, well, that's partly true. But also they were not good last week either. So it's not like I'm just basing it on one game. We were on the phone earlier and he's like, can we talk about how the Seahawks suck now? We're like, dude, they're six and five with Geno Smith. They're like still in the playoff hunt. I, I just want to talk about how hope sucks. I don't think the Seahawks suck. The the concept of having hope in your team sucks is what I'm is what I really want to say here. In Shawshank Redemption, the main character Andy, he's like, you know, you know, Red, hope can be a good thing, maybe the best of things. Well, that's fucking bullshit, is what I say. <laughs> hope sucks. They let they sucked me in. I I came into this year completely free from any expectation. I, I've never been happier watching games. I don't give a fuck who wins or loses. It's just fun to see like your players playing, whatever. Like it's just like what I had no expectations. And then halfway through the year, I'm like, holy shit, they could win the NFC West. They could go to the playoffs. They could do, they could run the table. They could go to the Super Bowl. The NFC is wide open. And I fucking like they sucked me back in. They're they're like on they're like maybe gonna go to the playoffs. They're, they're not very good. Let's be honest. I have so many thoughts. I, I'm so confused. So in your perfect world, the, the Seahawks go three and fourteen every year. What do you want? <laughs> in my perfect world, I don't have any stress ever. Kirk. I'm like Ryan Gosling in a Notebook. I'm like, what do you want? Fuck that, DK. <laughs> you're in the perfect world. You've outsourced. The other team, the Broncos, are going to go three and fourteen for you, yes. give you a top five pick, <laughs> and you're going to make the playoffs. Check your privilege. You're playing with house you money right now. You know how many people listening root for a team whose team just sucks and also like is it good or like the <laughs> like the the Broncos you just made. Well, I don't care one about of them. The five, I care about me. 
guys. Nice. You're going to make the playoffs. And also, my giant, eh, dude, maybe. literally, there are, all right, I can't, you're such a nihilist. There are only, this is an understated <laughs> part of the season. There are seven teams that make the playoffs in each conference. There are only eight teams in the a in the NFC playoff picture. It's literally the entire NFC East is four. It's the Vikings are going to win the North. And then you've got, um, you get the Seahawks and the Niners in the West. And then whoever wins the South. And it's like, the Seahawks will just bump out the last team in the East. That's it. Like, that's the playoffs. <laughs> I just am imagining uh, a Lions fan on a walk right now, just cursing DK. <laughs> or how about a Rams fan? Like, who, at least they won the Super Bowl. Oh, but it's whatever. like the Rams are three and whatever, but they just, they don't even have their pick. Just won the fucking Super Bowl. Who gives a fuck about them? Okay, but like, you realize <laughs> that the Seahawks are like, you're one game out of the playoffs and the Dude, Giants play Washington we, twice. Actually, we can't negotiate with him because he's I never clearly said any just like, no, it's not logical. Obviously, no. none of this is fucking logical. I'm being a fan. I wanted one year off of like, the weight of overwhelming expectation. I just didn't want to have to Me deal too, with the Me too, but I'm not here bitching that the Giants are good. You're just, you're out here like, trying to reverse jinx them every fucking day. That's what you're doing. Yeah, because I care. You know why? Because <laughs> they have their own draft pick and every time they win, they can't replace the quarter. You can do whatever By you way, want. I want to share with the I want to share with the podcast listeners here how much Heifetz does care. He really does care. I will hundred percent back that up. We were watching him live uh in a game. He has all these little like idiosyncrasies and oh, superstitions. Dude. He's getting up like 10 times during game to like do this other random stuff, like can, adjust his position no, on like the couch. I'm superstitious. Can people <laughs> email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com like the superstitions they do? I'm not gonna lie, we went and watched games with Bill. The, I think the craziest thing is that Bill Simmons has zero superstitions watching the Patriots. I thought everyone would understand that, yeah, you do weird stuff to help your team win. People thought I was nuts. Also, I'll have you know, I made a little exit with my foot in front of the TV and Justin Tucker missed the kick. That's, I think, like, <laughs> so I think the reason why you have a lot of superstitions and Bill doesn't is because you had two Super Bowls that your favorite team won when you were like in your teen years and Bill had to suffer through every team he's ever liked like 40 sucking years. until he was like 40 years old. That's why he doesn't have any superstitions. It was a they never worked. adult. Yeah. yeah, there's no like part. Of, yeah, the part of your brain that accepts magic is like hard, you know, hardwired shut. I think it's hard point. to develop superstitions in your 40s. I think that starts when you're a kid. Please email us at, at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have the superstitions for when you watch. Also, check. feel free to check DK's privilege about how your teams are in worse. I know that it doesn't make any sense. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> anyway. I don't want hope. Uh, hope. Hope. Hope's <laughs> the worst of Ted things. Lassa. The la it's the lack of hope that kills you. I've been th watching thinking about Ted Lasso with the World Cup. Anyway, that shows next mid. award here. Oh, okay. uh, don't we're not. We, we just, <laughs> there was a great yeah, hottest take about it. On. I was not on it. Listen, yeah, to it. It, was, it was good. That was a horrible episode. Oh, it was great. And it's a hot take. It's, it's not called most reasonable take. It's called hottest take. All these backup quarterbacks that we're playing today. I felt like the same way I feel when you go to the bar in your local town on like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving <laughs> and you Ooh. see all these people from high school and you're like, oh, my God, Trevor. Trevor Simeon? Is that you? <laughs> I forgot about you. <laughs> wow. How's it been? Like Trevor Simeon, Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold. Man. Holy it's been shit. So long what have you been up to, you. man? <laughs> yeah. Yo, I, heard, I heard Nathan Peterman's coming. Really? <laughs> no, no, he's not coming. Okay. He didn't show up. He didn't show up. Sam, so Sam Darnold, you're in Carolina now? Wow, I forgot that. And it's like, <laughs> and you talk for 15 minutes, you see these guys, and you're like, oh, you know what? This is great. It's a good time. And then like a couple hours in, you're like, I see why I don't. I'm good. Put that in <laughs> I like my life. I like my new life now. I'll just continue following you on Instagram and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Well, we need the word. 
Craig, you said this earlier. We need the word for the people you follow on Instagram, but like, that's it. Yeah, it's like the lowest level of, of a connection that human beings have now that didn't exist before where there's people that you will follow on Instagram, likely for the rest of your human life that you went to high school with. <sighs> human you life. You will never see them again. <laughs> you have no interest in ever talking to them. You don't care about anything. You, you avoid will, you them follow like them. the plague if you saw them in, in real life. Yeah, you'll be 75 years old and you'll be like, oh, Brian had a granddaughter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what's slower than like acquaintance? It's it's some new it's some new category of relationship. No, we should just repurpose the word acquaintance for like social because I don't know what acquaintance means in real life, but social media it's like I get immediately what an acquaintance is. Acquaintance is what the three of us were when the pod started four years ago. <laughs> wow, right? Sorry, was that, Co- that coworker? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, they already had a word for that. Anyway, the one guy at the, there's what the one guy at the bar who you're like, oh, we should catch up and like get a drink, but you actually made it was Mike White. Because you went on the Wednesday Ooh, for Thanksgiving, yeah. you're like, Mike White is awesome. Why weren't we? Why didn't we hang out more? In yeah, where was he? I in know, high school? Right? <laughs> we just like went different ways. We were in different circles. And the quiet <laughs> kid in the back of English class who just never talked. Like, damn, that kid was cool. Man, he's funny. I like this guy. We should hang out. Let's go like shoot. Let's go shoot guns. Like, let's go shoot guns tomorrow together. I had that happen to me one time at a bar. <laughs> what do you mean that like happened to you? Uh, this is like my version of th- like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I ran into a buddy from high school and, he, and we like had a great time. We're drinking. He's like, hey, dude, I, let's go shoot guns tomorrow. I'm going to go shoot guns in the morning. You want to come? I was like, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. And then I never did. <laughs> and I haven't seen him since. And he's I like him. He's a good guy. But like that was the extent of the, you know. Do you think he's listening right now? I mean, hello, if you are. Sorry, I didn't come shoot What guns. kind of guns? I was way too what, also, over. <laughs> where what? were you going to shoot? Like at like at a quarry, I don't know, I don't remember. <laughs> Not a shooting range, you're saying? Just kind of well, a- like somewhere I think reasonably legal. I don't know. Like Reason? I don't. I don't. I, I guess I don't I, know. To be honest, I don't know because I I Can never did it. We just never did quarries? that. But anyway, Mike White, freaking, yeah. as Craig said, making it rain out there. He can put yeah. the ball wherever he wants. Mike White had more passing yards in the first half uh, by a Jets quarterback since Mike White's debut last year when he did it. <laughs> before the the Mike White versus Zach Wilson thing and j- just generally speaking every other quarterback the Jets have trotted out it, during the Zach Wilson era versus Zach Wilson is astounding truly astounding <laughs> I saw the stat from Scott Barrett basically in the games in passing yards per game when Zach Wilson is out the Jets offense is essentially like the best offense in the NFL and when Zach Wilson is in it's the worst offense in the NFL. It's the second worst <laughs> offense only to the Bears in that time in that time frame. So basically, again, to reiterate, when either Joe Flacco or Mike White is passing, it, it, this is by passing yards. So it's not necessarily because they're that probably getting killed that. in most of those <laughs> games is a lot of garbage time. But let's not be totally like like fake about this. It's by passing. No, yards. By we passing can be a little yards. fake. You know what? Ha- it's always sunny when they're telling D and they're like, a monkey could do your job. And then they replace D with a monkey. <laughs> like, that's basically Zach Wilson. Like, anyone else, when anyone else does your job, literally, Josh Johnson, Mike White off the street, they're like two and a half times better. He was the second pick. He was the second overall pick. Non-Zach Wilson Jets average more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs, <laughs> Tom Brady in the Bucks, <laughs> Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. Can I read you some Mike White stats that I found? Please some do. White, Mike White numbers. Mike White has one fewer passing touchdowns than Zach Wilson this season. Mike White has more 300-yard passing games in his career than Zach Wilson does. Wow. How many, how many, how many games has Mike White started now? Like four? Like three? four. Zach Wilson has 20. Jeez. On that note, 
Mike White is the first quarterback in NFL history to have multiple games with at least a 75% completion percentage, three-inch passing yards, and three touchdowns in his first four career starts. First ever. Wow. So he's actually maybe good. A lot. Don't you guys feel like a lot of these guys who come in, a lot of these backups who start random one-off games, always the first game, they're always good. And then like game two, three, and four, they kind of start to teeter off. Well, yeah, that's because people start having tape on them. We had this argument last year and Mike White came in and we were like, Mike White, second coming. He's like, he's going to suck. And it's like, you never get to follow up. You never get Mike White again. And the funniest part of this is they just did it again. And he, like, I, I can't stress. I, I, I know some of these stats are like, whatever, but like Warren Sharp at this, Mike White's yards per attempt and EPA per play today. We're better than any game of Zach Wilson's entire career. And Mike White's passer rating was the best the Jets quarterback has had since 2014. That's like, nuts. But no, this is like legitimately clear, incredible. Hi, Fitz. I didn't say that Mike White was going to suck. I just said they have to go back to they have to go back to Zach Wilson because they have to see what they have in him. And that was the argument. Year. That was this was last year. This year, now it's completely different. Like Zach Wilson, for all like we know, is done in New York. Like maybe his career's not over, but he might be done in New York. I think that. Before this game today, I was like, Zach Wilson's going to play again at some point this year. He's not starting next week. He's not starting next week. <laughs> the the no. thing that's important to remember, the Bears suck. And the Bears are probably sure. a bottom five defense right now. So he's not this good. However, again, best passer rating for the Jets in eight years. And I guess what's funny is this is a theme where it's like, it's kind of what you're saying about Jordan Love and the Packers, Geno Smith and the Seahawks, where it's like, just run the offense, man. Yeah. Like, just just do what the play is. Just <laughs> yeah, like legit. Uh, I had Jets fans text me today. He's like, is Mike White good? I'm like, I don't know. But here's the deal. He like runs the plays that they call. You he know does what, I mean? what his bosses tell him <laughs> he to gives, do. He gives the ball to the good guy. Like he gives the ball to Garrett Wilson. He gives the ball to Elijah Moore a couple times in this game. Elijah Moore scored a touchdown for the first time in seems like forever. He distributes the football. He facilitates the offense. I don't know if he's a type of guy that is actually going to like carry and elevate an offense against a good defense. I don't know if he has that skill set, but like you could do a lot worse than a guy who's like a point guard in an offense. Partic- like I think Robert Sala said it after the game. He's like, he made easy look easy. That is exactly what you're looking for. Zach Wilson was making easy look really hard. You know what I mean? And also, yeah, he was missing screens. But then all the players you mentioned, look, magically, all the players that the Jets had, skill players that were dead are just resurrected now. He's like the necromancer. It's like Mike, Mike White completed, the Jets had 11 skill players who were active. He got the, he completed a pass to 10 of them. Amazing. How to look at all these receivers who've been mad for months. It's like, just give them the ball. Yeah, look dude. how happy they are. They were chanting after the game. They were like, free E, like Elijah Moore, free E. E is free. <laughs> oh my God. You could tell from like the post game pressers, from the, like, especially like Garrett Wilson, just so happy that that, uh, that White is starting now just because he gets the football. Like they're on time, they're playing on time. Everything is working better in that offense. So, um, yeah, man, he, he might actually be like, I don't know. I don't even want to say it. Will he be the long-term starter in New York? No. Okay. <laughs> He's definitely the short-term, short-term starter. Short-term starter. <laughs> definitely. All right. Next award here, DK. Yeah. The every stat I see is somehow worse than the last one I saw award <laughs> goes to the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Like, oh, it just keeps getting worse. I keep... There, at some point, you feel like it's going to turn around. Russell Wilson's going to kind of like figure it out. The offense is going to get a little bit healthier, more in sink. I don't know what. This offense just seemingly keeps getting worse every single week. They went out and lost to the Panthers 23 to 10. They scored 10 points. So that puts them on the year at 14.3 points per game this season, which is the worst. I saw this from Field Yates. Worst of any team in the NFL since the 2000 Browns 
So 22 years if they fall, if they like continue at this rate. Basically, and I look back at this because in Russell Wilson obviously played with his team, peak Legion of Boom in 2013, led the NFL. They gave up 14.6 points per game. It's like the Broncos are playing one of the best defenses of all time every single week this year. You love this. You love that Legion of Boom stat. It's well, because it's just like, I don't know. It, to me, it's like it puts it in perspective. The fact that like the way that how bad their offense has been is like they're playing one of the best defenses ever every week. Well, <laughs> I I was going through this. T- First of all, we need a memento tattoo to remember for next year. We need to get tattooed. It can always get worse. <laughs> yeah. Like we need to just, every just time like our logic life. for something just is like, like it can't the, get worse in the world. <laughs> Worst yeah. day in the of your world. life so far. <laughs> Fantasy football, Russell Wilson, democracy. Like it can always get worse. Yep. But by points per game, as DK reminded me a lot last year with the Giants, the point of football really is to score points. Yeah. Yeah. So we can overlook that. If you just look at points per game, the Broncos this year are a full field goal per game worse than the Browns were in 2017 when they weren't when 0 and 16. <laughs> they are a full, almost a full touchdown per game worse than the Jamarcus Russell Raiders. They're almost a full touchdown wow. per game worse. Than the 2008 Lions when they went 0 16. They are a full field goal worse than the Houston Texans expansion franchise Texans in their first season. Oh, no. And they're almost 10 points per game worse than the Tim Tebow Broncos. <laughs> Jordan Love had more fantasy points than Russell Wilson today. Oh, my God. Well, at what point is this just like the worst trade ever for Russell Wilson? It's reaching worst trade ever territory. It, I would say so. I would agree with that if the Seahawks had also made one of the worst trades of all time in trading two first round picks for Jamal Adams. But but it's not the same. It's not the same because that was not, a very, so? very, very bad trade. But that was still two picks that ended up being what in the twenties. No, they Garrett Wilson. Garrett ninth. Wilson is a jet because of this trade. Okay, all right, fine. But still, it doesn't matter. You because, might like, get the second pick in the draft. Yeah, right, right. now the Here's, Rams are giving the Lions the third pick, and the Seahawks are giving. The Broncos, the fourth, or sorry, the Broncos giving the Seahawks the fourth pick. And then also the Broncos paid Russell Wilson like 170 million guaranteed yeah, I mean, to be like the yeah. worst quarterback in the NFL. I think, other than yeah, Zach Wilson. I mean, we're splitting hairs. They're both terrible, terrible. Like, this is a terrible trade so far for them. It's looking atrocious. I think Kevin tweeted something, Kevin Clark tweeted something today. He's like, don't worry, uh, Russell Wilson's dead cap hit in 2024 is 31 million. 2026. 2026. No, no. <laughs> is it like it's the UN climate years. report saying that like the we're going to reach the point of no return to climate change like 2027? Like the world <laughs> might end before the Broncos get out of this Russell Wilson contract. You said Russell Wilson was outscored by Jordan Love in two drives? Yeah, well, Jordan Love play, what, half a fourth quarter? He threw nine passes. Jeez. He outscored Russell Wilson who played an entire game against the Panthers. <laughs> Speaking of which, so I wanted to dive deeper into this. So Kyle Pitts unfortunately, is injured. He's likely out for the rest of the season. So we needed to figure out a two-truths, one lie, a a new segment to carry on for the rest of the season. Well, somebody tweeted this to us and we loved it and we're going to do it every week. It's the tight ends who outscored Russell Wilson (laughs) and a lie. Oh, boy. So Russell Wilson scored 8.4 points today. Congrats. Here are some tight ends who outscored him and one is a lie. Hayden Hurst. This we're talking about tight ends outscoring a quarterback. Hayden Hurst, <laughs> John Bates, Co. Keeft, Foster Moreau, Jordan Akins, Josh Oliver. Co. Keeft is a person. Can confirm because I saw that name today. And I was like, is he that scored a, a touchdown today. I, my question is, did he did, did he score enough points to outscore Russell Wilson? He did score a touchdown John, today. 
John Bates definitely scored the game when he touched down for Washington. Jordan Akins, I remember scoring a touchdown because he, he like celebrated did. like he won the Super Bowl. And it was like, dude, you're down 20 points, man. You guys, Co Keeft is six foot five, 265 pounds. He is he's a like, unit. He's basically like a fullback. <laughs> Yo, Kokeefe did not score more points than Russell Wilson. Kokeefe did not. He was very close. 7.5 for Kokeefe. <laughs> uh, so, like, I mean, like in the Superflex, I almost started Kokeefe over Russell close. Wilson. Close. It was close, but I'm really glad I started Russell Cloyce Wilson. Cloyce Box outscored Russ, for sure. <laughs> should we, Should we, as a bit, for the people listening on our fantasy rankings next week, put Kokeefe above Russell Wilson? <laughs> just like a bit. Just, just like a little Easter egg in there. Yeah. Does have Kokeefe in there? Did he has Kokeefe had any other touches this year? I was hoping that he was going to play football like Chattanooga or somewhere. Oh my god, he's a sixth round rookie. He's from Iowa, fucking corn fed. He's enormous. <laughs> corn fed. That's one of my favorite terms. Corn fed is like the best. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We got next up. This is a new beloved award of mine. It's the SBF Fraud Watch Award brought to you by FTX. <laughs> Who's on Fraud Watch this week? Baltimore Ravens and Lamar officially on Fraud Watch for me. Yeah, yeah. I've been searching <laughs> for the team that I want that I, that I can bet against in the playoffs. I've been looking for an AFC team. I'm already penciling in the Giants and the Vikings in the NFC. Cannot wait to bet against both of them. <laughs> Needed an AFC team. I found it today. It's it's the Baltimore Ravens, who are a fraudulent seven and four. This is what gets you. This is what gets you up in the morning. Is searching for that fraudulent team to bet on, isn't it? I just I, I wake up in a panic. I woke up in a sweat this last night. Going, I think <laughs> it's the Ravens. Gets you more excited. It's so fun. Well, by the way, so the Ravens, as it's set up right now, as the playoffs currently sit, the Ravens are going to be the four seed, and they would play the Bills. Oh God, I can't wait. <laughs> I put like all a my shot money. Of adrenaline. I'm going to put all my money. The Ravens haven't beaten anybody. They've won a couple of good games. They've, five of their seven wins have come against Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, and Baker Mayfield. They can't score touchdowns in the red zone. Dude, they can't. Did you guys see, there was a sequence today where Lamar Jackson scored what should have been a rushing touchdown. They called him down at the one. They threw a play-action pass to Mark Andrews, who legitimately looked like he was setting a volleyball for a spike. It bounced off his hands straight up. 
I've never seen such a terrible catch attempt. What is they're just broken? They did score a touchdown on the next play, I believe, with uh, Gus Edwards. But it's like to me, this just this that scenario is just like this team I'm, is a mess. What I'm is going the on? Lead. They team? lost to the Jags. They gave yeah, up 18 right. <laughs> points in the fourth quarter. They gave up back to back drives, touchdown drives from Trevor Lawrence to lose. The concept of the Ravens itself is broken. Like the entire idea of the Ravens since Lamar took over was this team does not blow leads. It was like maybe Lamar isn't going to like do a shootout and do like a comeback the way right. Mahomes that was the whole does. thing. Like if Lamar gets up 10 games over, dude, they, the first bill Barnwell had this, the first four years of Lamar's career, when the Ravens had a 10 point lead in the second half, the Ravens were 31 and two. Yeah. And they've had three games this year where they've lost a 10 point lead. And today was a nine point lead in the second half. So like, I don't know. I don't have the exact nine point stat, but like probably something pretty close also to 31 and two. And so now they've blown more leads in the second half this year than it did in the last four seasons. It's like, well, if you can't do that, then what does this team even do? There's a chance this team goes like 12 and five, legit. They play the Steelers twice still. They play the Browns. They play Atlanta. They do not play. They play Denver next week. Like the Ravens could legitimately be 12 and five and I cannot wait. Well, there's a couple teams. I, I think the Packers, we, we mentioned earlier in Rogers, the Packers are going to have to fire their defensive coordinator just because the way that the Eagles just ran for like 350 yards or something in prime time. But I think the Ravens are, I think the Ravens are going to have to do something about Greg Roman. He's their offensive coordinator. And like, it's weird because they could move on, but it's, they've constructed their team to be a medieval offense. And it, it's kind of wild. We keep talking about running his back and the Ravens in theory should be built to do that. They just can't. It's like, it's yeah. like they have this 300 pound fullback Patrick Ricard, but it's like they look medieval and maybe that sounds cool to zag when everyone's zigging, but like, it's not working. I agree with you. Hive. It's like just, I test, not even looking at the stats, I test like their their run game is not good. And Lamar Jackson saves it because he can he do really so does. much out of structure. But like, you know, obviously losing J.K. Dobbins has been very bad for them. You know, Kenny Drake had two carries for two yards today. Gus Edwards is like a good, you know, physical presence down the middle of the field or whatever, but he's not like an explosive guy. They just, their run game sucks. Here's the thing I don't understand about the Ravens. They came into this offseason <laughs> and they traded away Marquise Brown. And they knew coming in that they would have like Rashad Bateman and like Devin DuVernay, Devin Noir, and like, you know, all these guys. Yeah. And then they knew that their top two running backs were coming off torn ACLs with very complicated recoveries. And they just didn't add to those positions. And when all those people got hurt again, they've had no plan. It's the dead dove. What did you expect was going to be in this bag? <laughs> it says right there on the sign. Right. All these people had injuries. I don't know. What's the spread going to be? It's going to be Baltimore in, it's going to be Buffalo in Baltimore in the playoffs. What's that spread going to be? Bills, it's, it's six less and than a half? It's a touchdown. Uh, yes, I was literally going to say six and a half because like a seven, people are going to take the Ravens. Especially on the especially with being the, in well, Baltimore. Well, the Bills are banged up. People talk yourself in. I don't know. The Bills, the Bills are banged up too. Honestly, the Chiefs. I got to call my, my money guy. See if I can <laughs> take out some money. Move some stuff around. Move some things around. <laughs> Letty to liquidate some things. <laughs> Sell the bonds. <laughs> <laughs> we should give the Jaguars credit though, because the Jaguars were unbelievable yes. in this game, though. Yes, Absolutely. we are. This is the we are so proud of you, son. To Trevor Lawrence, the dad award. You finally did it, son. You made me proud. <laughs> finally, you, you that's fi kind of adding the finally is kind of mean. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's been a year and a half. I'll, I'll be at the first year was with Urban Meyer, but Lawrence. So I watched the entire fourth quarter. I was locked in for fantasy purposes. And Lawrence looked really good, like genuinely very good. Lasers. Like I said earlier, back-to-back -to -back touchdown drives in the fourth to win. Two-point conversion, dime 
he threw. If it was a foot too short or too far, he couldn't have caught that ball. He had 300 yards. The first player in Jags history to have a game with 300 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and 75% completion percentage. And more than all the stats, more than anything, what I like the most about Trevor Lawrence, and this is what we talked about back when we were talking about him coming out of the draft. I didn't think he had a personality. I never knew anything about him. He seemed like a mannequin out there in the field. Just a robot. Today was completely different. I saw a personality. He was fist pumping. He was pounding his chest. He was like dapping up his teammates. Every time he threw a, an important completion, he was like screaming. He was hyped up. Like I finally, I finally see now what Trevor Lawrence could be because we know he has all the physical tools, but you need that intangible to get to the next level. And I think we saw it for the first time today. Yeah, it, it's such a cliche, but command. Like he was in total command in the entire fourth quarter and it just didn't look like, what is he, 23 years old? He just, I mean, there are plenty of 30-year-old quarterbacks that don't. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know how many times I've watched Kirk Cousins and been like as confident. Yeah, he's going to like do all of this and execute. Also, because yeah. again, people forgot he did this to the Giants. Remember when he threw that game-winning ball with like no time on the clock to Christian Kirk at like the half-yard line to win the game? And then the Giants just tackled him at the one and they had no timeouts left. But like for all intents and purposes, <laughs> it was a game-winning throw. Like I, he's done some dumb stuff this year, but like I think Trevor Lawrence is legit. The uh, the pass he made for the two-point conversion, like was Craig said, was right on the money. That catch, though, it, it was Zay Jones, right? The catch... It was like he had to turn his hands backwards and like cup it, like bring it in. It was a really good catch too. He made a couple of really nice passes in that like fourth quarter. There was a fourth down pass to Zay Jones too that he made was really good. We occasionally have the award, the uh, the Brandon Cooks award for the player we refuse to believe is good. There's a little Zay Jones. He's good. Kinda, he's he's, he's kind of good. good. I could be wrong, but I don't know if he even had a single twenty plus yard catch this year. He must, I don't know. It sounds wrong, but I think that's uh, true. That was like a big talking point. Like up until like a week or two ago, basically the, the Jags offense. I think Nate Tice has been bringing this up like every week. Basically, there's like a, there's a ceiling on their passing game. Literally nothing past 20 yards. <laughs> they have like a, a hundred completions at 19 yards and zero at 20. Yeah. Like it's and just Zay Jones had two today. Yeah. But anyway, I, Lawrence, I think Lawrence is incredible. And this is probably the game where people will remember that turning. Hi, Fitz. You mentioned the the Ravens, you know, holding on to leads. I saw this stat today. Incredible. First win in franchise history when they're trailing by seven plus points in the final minute of regulation. Zero and 183 before this game. Trailing by seven points in the final minute. So they'd never come back by more than a touchdown in the last minute of the game. 183 games. You guys aren't superstitious, and yet anytime they show a stat, like what was it three weeks ago when they're like, Cowboys, right? 195 and 0, up 14 in the fourth quarter, whatever. It's like, whenever you see that, it's over. Don't say it. Like it's over. <laughs> yeah. It's never, never worked. I also think people, I mean, I, I forgot this. I was thinking about the Jags next year. I was like, oh, maybe they can get somebody in the draft, some more, you know. And ETN also went down in this game. He hurt his foot, but I forgot they have Calvin Ridley. Yeah. The Jags. That's going to be yeah. exciting. That's crazy. I forgot that too. Speaking of the Jags, though, also, they did the Ravens thing to them. The Jags went for the two-point conversion. Big day for the two-point conversion. Yeah, baby. I will say, every, like, was it, I can't keep track of time anymore, but three weeks ago, there were a bunch of fourth down decisions. Everyone's like out. I'm curious to see if people actually give even a fraction as much praise for the teams that just ended games, walk off two-point conversion and didn't go to overtime. I just think the Jags and Doug Peterson doing that to the Ravens and then the Chargers to do the Cardinals just walked off. Yes, yeah, analytics. Staley, fourth down monkey. He's fourth, back. Uh, fourth down monkey. That's what you do, Dance. right, Brandon? Hey, that's your thing, right? Go for it. Fourth and eight, Brandon. <laughs> Dance monkey. 
That's all you do, right? That's your thing? You just go for it on fourth down? Well, it worked. <laughs> I will say if it didn't work, I was like, this guy's going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> this is this sweet is play Coaches call. are afraid, Heifetz. Come on. Justin, her, yeah, it's true. Honestly, if you ever wonder why, it's it's so true. That, like whatever would have happened, they don't want to get fired. Daily. Yeah, it's just <laughs> right. It was a, I, it was a really good play call. They got Gerald Everett wide open. I think two point conversions are like the the basketball equivalent of an of like an inbounds play with yes. like ten seconds left. And there's just there's every time you watch it, there's just certain plays where you're like, that is only a two point conversion play, and it's mm -hmm. perfect. And it was that Gerald yeah. Everett was wide. I gotta be honest. I didn't really love the Jags two point play, like the design of it. No, it was, it was an incredible play. But yeah, like yes. why did you make that so hard on yourself? But anyway, I digress. The speaking of the late game, just comebacks. I mean, the Browns beating the Bucks today was kind of nuts. But I feel like the Browns just overall had like a weird twenty four hours. What happened <laughs> with this donuts on the field? I didn't learn about this till like hours later. The Browns had a day. So starting out. There's like tire tracks all over the field. I don't know if you could see in this game. There's just like tire tracks all over the field. That's awesome. I didn't get the details. I was waiting till now. Was it a car or did someone get like a golf cart and like whip the <laughs> golf cart around? Or was it a car? I have no idea. I don't know. They, they're still doing, you know, the forensics on the tire tracks and the treads and whatnot. Like I think Shooter McGavin hired a guy to, to they drive got on Ace the field. Ventura, they got Ace Ventura <laughs> coming up later to, like, figure out who is on the field. No, it's my cousin Vinny. Positraction. <laughs> Anyways, there was... Oh, it was a golf cart. Someone drove onto the field and did a bunch of donuts last night. And so, like, they, they had to play on this. And then, during the game, there was a fucking skunk in the stadium just hanging out. <laughs> they had to like evacuate a whole section of the stadium because the skunk was hanging out. Where are these wild animals coming from? This is not the first time a wild animal was in Brown Stadium. Back in 2018, a fan caught a possum that was just wandering around during a game. Animals are just living in the stadium. Do you think the Browns would compensate a fan if they were sprayed by a skunk? Would they get any <laughs> form of payment? No, it's definitely in the small print. I mean, Washington had like fans collapse and almost kill Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts had to like publicly shame them into even doing anything about it. <laughs> you guys remember when that kitten was like hanging out in the rafters? I was going to bring that up. No, remember <laughs> when was what? I don't remember what stadium that was. No, remember the black cat ran across the Giants on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think Kevin Harlan, the announcer, like, and he's like, he's at the 30, the 20, the 10. Oh, no. And it's like announced the whole thing went viral. But then off that, people were like, why is there a cat at the state? And it turns out. Lots of stadiums have colonies of cats. <laughs> and if you're wondering, one, colonies of cats. Yeah. Two, why so many cats in the stadium? Get rid of Answer, mice. Rats. Yeah. And Th mice. That was the thing Disneyland used to do. Back in the day, there used to be cats running around Disneyland because they would catch the mice and the rats. You know, there's a theory that the Black Plague happened in part because there was like mass cullings of cats in the like century before. Wow. Interesting. Small corrections. The the incident with the car driving on the field was several days ago. They just couldn't fix it in time. <laughs> How is that possible? Can't like fix, it. fix it. I guess you can't have grass grow in five days can, or whatever. Can you like rake it? I don't. You know why? It's we're not like <laughs> Craig and I aren't dads yet, so we don't know if about lawn care. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah, you gotta, we like, need to get rid of lawns. Yeah, to aerate the, the most pointless thing on earth. Oh, hundred percent gravel or whatever. Some sort of like just you know how they do in like Las Vegas or L.A. with just the rocks. That's just so much better. Just anything else. But what happened to the state? Did you guys not like my rant about how we should get rid of turf and how every player doesn't like turf because it's getting hurt on turf? <laughs> Only grass for football games, everything else turf. I also just like people driving circles around the Browns, but in terms of the um, 
extremely on the nose metaphors. Sean McVay literally took one on the chin. Yeah, Jesus. God, you got robbed. <laughs> just ran into Honestly, my take is I can't believe that doesn't happen more. Was right? that on turf? Probably was. Yes. <laughs> he So he was standing on the sideline, walking up the sideline, and a player was putting on his helmet to run into the game, apparently didn't see him, and just hit McVay in the face hard. And there was a video that was going around where it was like in slow motion and McVay's like cheeks were just like flying. It was like this crazy look. His thing. chin was like at his ear. Yeah, it definitely looked really painful. Craig, is that the look he gave you whenever you made a mistake producing a flying coach? Never made a mistake. Perfect immune system. Can't get sick. <laughs> oh, man. If only he'd retired and made $20 million a year commentating on terrible Thursday night football games. I know. He's really running out of time. <laughs> he's so old. What's going to happen when he's not the youngest coach in the NFL and we all just kind of like throw him aside? It's going to be weird in 10 years when he's 47. <laughs> and the Bra and the Broncos can get out of Russell Wilson's contract around then. He's already done like six years on Monday Night Football, and he's now coaching Ohio State. I don't know what he's doing. He's just like the announcer for Tom Brady's ninth Super Bowl win. <laughs> Who retires first, Tom Brady or Sean McVay? That's a good question. Maybe they join forces one final year. <laughs> All right, next award. Uh, this is the Fantasy Cuck Award. I don't want to open this bag of worms again. But Do you? I don't you? But and yet. Here we and, are. And yet I wrote it down. So, I don't know if you guys saw, did you guys see the Derrick Henry screen pass? Which every, every yes, season yes. there's like four Derrick Henry screen passes that go for like 75 yards. Uh, today he had a 69 yard screen pass, which is why I thought of fantasy cucking mm -hmm, as well mm -hmm. as what happened at the end. Uh, at the one yard line, he gets stripped, ball flies into the end zone, Traylon Burks recovers, gets the touchdown. Is Henry a cuck? Would Derrick Henry rather, maybe this was all orchestrated and he would rather watch somebody else score his own TD than him? Uh. <laughs> well, once he drops the ball, he's definitely rooting for Traylon Burks. To this is a live cucking. He's definitely rooting for Traylon Burks to score because yeah. he couldn't make it to the finish line. Or perhaps he finished too early. Don't you think there, there needs to be a way to statistically notate that touchdown for Traylon Burks? Like even in fantasy football, like... He just has six it's more points. It's not a rushing touchdown. You don't know it's why. Not a receiving touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> we need asterisk. Yeah. Like when you look at the box score, it's just nowhere. How'd that happen? <laughs> I always thought that was so weird. Just but fucking, uh, even that up. kind of dealing with it, like it's just yeah, you can't find. He scored, but you can't find it. Like just make it a rushing touchdown. I don't think anybody would care. Make it a receiving touchdown. Just he, it's like the stat version of that drawer in your kitchen. Like every family has that drawer that's just like for crap. Yeah, just like packed miscellaneous of sauce drawer. and like yeah, like measuring tapes. In college, like, we used to call that the Home Depot drawer. Yeah, it's like it's like the stat version of like, I don't know, you've covered a fumble. We're not putting that with like the nice rushing receiving cutlery. Yeah, but you got to like get Ace Ventura to figure out why Traylon Burks had like 15 points there. You're like, what? I don't understand. I, I literally can't find why he scored so many points. <laughs> on, on this note, though, I have a question about Derrick Henry. So again, if you just didn't see, basically the Titans just... Also, if you ever played Madden, I feel like this is the go-to screen. You get the snap and the quarterback kind of rolls right and you let the defense come at you and all the pass rush and then you just loft it over their heads and you get a Derrick Henry with like four blockers. And he just... Did exactly what you'd think. And he just ran. And honestly, if you told me at the 20-yard line that he wasn't going to score, I, I would have I put a trillion dollars down he was going to score. <laughs> I would put everything I owned that Derrick Henry was going to score. But it had me thinking, every offseason we come in, we're like, Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes. And I'm like, why? How do the Titans not run this play five times a game? How does a single 100%. quarter pass 100%. where Derrick Henry doesn't get a screen? Because as he's running, I'm like, this is unstoppable. The whole thing with Derrick Henry is get him ahead of steam. That's what the screen is for. 
I don't. Yeah, that's a that's like a very broad question. I think a lot of fan bases would have. It's just like this play works every time. Why don't we just spam this like four or five times a game? You're gonna get like a good hit rate, like 40 percent hit rate, and like go from there. That's like your foundation. And yet, it just never happens. It just never seems to happen. He has never actually caught twenty passes in a season. He's gonna do it this year if he doesn't get hurt. He is eighteen already. He's one shy of his career high. And I'm like, they can't get him. They basically can't even get him a screen a game. I kind of feel like every time I see him, he's like pretty good at catching passes too. He's like the, but I, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> like if you he's kind not of think about it, like, at it. He's not like he's got feet for hands. Well, or he's something. catching screens. Anybody could do that. Just well, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, give him more of those. I couldn't like, you know, <laughs> do anything, but like, I don't know. We have a 50, 50 shot of catching. This In screen. a vacuum, I could catch that screen. I guess I'm just confused because like you think of McCaffrey's the shifty guys, but I'm like, I don't, I feel like this could be the best play in the entire NFL. Just Derrick Henry screens. I don't get it. Yeah, it feels yeah, like know, one, one in four times that's going for 50 plus. 60% of the time, <laughs> Traylon Burks will score. All right. I also just, we can't get out of here until, did you guys see Brian Robinson Jr.'s hat? Oh my God. It's such so a I want to talk about Brian Robinson, but like, all right. Yeah, he, he scored. Cool. Whatever. Uh, they won the game. Great. He wore this giant hat after the game that is genuinely unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's a funny hat. Big hat. I thought it was Photoshopped Dirt until I person. saw shout out to my friend Sam Fortier. And I actually don't think I would have believed it was real if it was not from Sam, someone I know's Twitter account. Like this looks photoshopped. That tweet by Sam got like thousands and thousands of retweets. It's like it went viral. It's he literally said Brian Robinson said his friend has a big hat company. And then Brian Robinson said, quote, if you want a big hat, let me know. And it is called it's called Noggin Boss. <laughs> Craig, this I, hat, this hat, one hundred percent is getting milkshake ducked in the next like fifteen hours from now. What the by, hat by is tomorrow racist? afternoon? What does that mean? The hat is going to get canceled for being racist. Too many people love the hat. <laughs> Craig, I'm not being serious. Like, you can't cancel a hat. <laughs> you can cancel anything, DK. <laughs> That's the joke. It's like, oh, look at this little duck that drinks milkshakes. And then 24 hours later, it's like the duck is racist. <laughs> the duck is harassing people. This is the greatest guerrilla marketing campaign of all time. Like he just said it. He mentioned it to Sam. And then like he, it got like 100,000. I want one. I'm going to get one. I can't decide <laughs> if this will be. I'll never think of this again. If it'll like, I think this week you're going to see like Adam Schefter wear it on Monday Night Football or whatever. Oh, and he like, will. And then you know that's I mean? when it'll die. <laughs> that's what I'm saying it's like it's gonna last two weeks right like Adam Schefter <laughs> like he did run. the chains with Kirk Cousins and then like now he's gonna get one of these hats people aren't gonna be wearing this in 20 years right like, this isn't the beginning of something people are gonna be wearing these at games and people behind him are gonna be like take off the hat it's too bad how many big noggins? You, this guy, this, getting, it's getting milkshake ducked it's probably not legally licensed with the NFL and this guy's getting cancelled <laughs> I love DK. I'm telling you. Uh, that's so DK's like, the hats are racist. All right. Burn book. Week 12. Do you guys have any candidates? I have kind of a spicy one. It's it's real recency bias, but it's kind of trending in the wrong direction. Although his, his counterpart just got hurt today, so it might change things. But I kind of think Christian McCaffrey is borderline really <laughs> annoying people who have him. He's annoying. Oh, okay. But doesn't he have like double digit points in every game this season except like Two. Yeah, but like so did Najee Harris, and he was annoying too. Like okay, but he had like forty points like three weeks ago. Christian and McCaffrey like and fifteen. He had the one giant game where everybody he was like did the little Ladanian Tomlinson thing, and then ever since it's like 15, 14, Today it's six. They just don't they don't really use him that much. It's this is not Christian McCaffrey. This is Shanahan again. 
I was so mad at Christian. No, also Christian McCaffrey's a little banged up today. Yeah. And again, I'm as annoyed at McCaffrey as anybody. Like I really needed him today in a league, but you can't burn Christian McCaffrey before you burn Alvin Kamara. I would like to burn Alvin Kamara because <laughs> Alvin Kamara was good in October. He was literally like the worst single draft pick in football in like September. And then he's kind of back to that in November. Alvin Kamara is borderline unplayable. I am like devastated. I played Alvin Kamara over Samaj P. Ryan today. Crushed. And like the Saints, they were shut out. The Saints turned it over and downs at the, like the two yard line. They didn't even give Alvin Kamara the ball. He wasn't even on the field for two of these downs. You get hurt. He got hurt, though. He was like banged up. Well, so did. Well, first of all, McCaffrey got banged up and Craig wants to burn him. I just can't wait. I, I don't I don't know if I agree with the Camaro one, but I just cannot wait for Shanahan to turn Jordan Mason into a star. Just he's going to have Christian McCaffrey on his, in his roster. It's going to be fun. Like, whatever. He'll get he'll get the official start. Jordan Mason is going to go off this next week. Just wait. I Camaro's been Shanahan pretty bad. can't help himself. Kamara's been really bad the last four weeks. He essentially had, like Heifetz said, he was basically putting up like 20 a game for four weeks. And now he's putting up like seven a game. Literally single digits for like a month. I don't mind that. It's tough. I don't mind that. Should we do it? I kind of feel like it is Kamara. I think we can burn Alvin. I put it this way. I don't think anyone who has Alvin Kamara listening right now is like, that's, no, that's please. unfair. Yeah. No, spare him. No. <laughs> the people with Alvin Kamara are like, yes, finally. I mean, the other option if you want is Gabe Davis. It's like I don't have enough emotion about Gabe Davis. To no, like it's, Kamara. it's Kamara. It's Kamara. Kamara's the right one. Feels right. right. So week one, we burned Cam Akers. That was good. Week two, Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Week three, Baker Mayfield. Week four, Kyle Pitts. Week five, Allen Robinson. Week six, DJ Moore and Elijah Moore. Who are back? They can file paperwork. Uh, week seven, AJ Dillon. Who is back? Week eight, we oh, burned the entirety of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are back? Week nine, we burned Justin Herbert. Who He's is back? back. <laughs> week 10, we burned Russell Wilson. He's not back. No, he's not back. Week 11, Kareem Hunt. Oh, that's good. He was still bad today. And we burned Alvin Kamara today. Okay. Kamara gets the Falcons and then the Browns in week 15 and 16. Cool. All Just those saying. people who are not in the playoffs can get Alvin Kamara can run for 200 <laughs> yards against the Browns and keep them from. Yeah, last but think place. about how, how good they'll feel about keeping them from people who are in the playoffs. Just hoarding, hoarding all those points. <laughs> it just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, you guys. Burn Alvin Kamara at your own. We are. You're, we like just peril. you're in the book. We already did. He's that. in the book. OK, permanent marker. All right, that's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Email us at ringoffantasyfootballgmail.com if you have questions about waivers, playoffs coming up, and weird superstitions you do because I feel like I'm not the only one who does these things. Really important. Rest of the regular season, you probably got one or two weeks left. Really important. Let's start a waiver show on Monday. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Ghostland Observatory. No idea. <laughs> you made that up. <laughs> that's like co Keeft. Is co Keeft the Coke singer of that band? <laughs> <laughs> Who sings Ghost it? Is Cloyce Box in that band? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's top his, ten. That's a top ten name of all. That's time. his legit. His name is Cloyce Kennedy Box. Box. Cloyce <laughs> Box. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever forget how you said that. Cloyce Jacobs. Box. He was I an American football player Jacobs. and businessman. Of course. <laughs> Oh my god. Did he wear oh a cowboy god. hat? Did he wear like an Wait. oversized cowboy hat everywhere? Dude, his have... Wikipedia page, his photo is a painting. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Well, how do you spell his name? Stop. B-O-X. How do you spell Cloyce? Oh, it is a painting. It's a fucking it's a painting. Card. No one's ever seen this man. 
What the hell? A successful businessman in the oil and gas business. His position is end. (laughs) 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 And what side of the ball? No one knows. (laughs) Clearly running back for that one season, he had 300 yards in a game. Oh, my God. Six, he was six four two twenty. Cloyce was Derrick Henry out there. <laughs> Reading the Wikipedia, Detroit's coaches sought to take advantage of Box's speed. <laughs> Dude, he had a he has a twin brother named Boyce. Boyce, Boyce. and Cloyce. <laughs> yes, twin to brother named Boyce. Stop. Boyce Box. He became the president of Oklahoma <laughs> Cement Company after playing. Of course, he did. <laughs> it sounds like that Sylvester Stallone, like running the mob at Tulsa business. Uh, a guy named Cloyce has to be a chairman of the board of regents for West Texas state university and the Texas board of penal corrections. I think Cloyce is like crazy rich. What about his Cloyce box ranch was used as the original South fork ranch for the miniseries that became the TV series, Dallas. I feel like Cloyce box is way more famous than we're letting on. Frank Gifford (laughs) gave boxes eulogy and Kathy Lee Gifford sang. Everyone in Texas is so bad at us right now. (laughs) Cloyce Box. Wow. Well, while we're here, I've, I've actually been wanting to tell you guys this story for like six months. This is just about when you were like, he's a businessman. I walked in. There's this like flower shop near me in D.C. And like the owner of it's just like this very like New Orleans guy with like a deep New Orleans drawl. And he's like, I don't know, 60. And I went in there one day, you know, what? and he's like, and I, he recognized me. He was like, ah, Dan, how's business? Dan. And I was like, man, <laughs> he called you Dan. Yeah, I like that and he already. was like, you remember my name? And he was like, how's business? And I was like, man, it's such a better question than how's work. Dude, you're so right. <laughs> not even not even just for how's work. I don't think it needs to be classified for, you, you should ask that instead of how you doing. DK, how's business? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm into this. I'm going to walk into the office tomorrow. First person I see, I'm going to say, how's business? How's business treating you? Everybody out there, do that in your life and tell us the best responses. Email us. <laughs> Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Right. This is like the Fight Club instructions. <laughs> Go out into your life and ask people how's business. Close, close. How's also, business? we didn't shout out Kai. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Kai, for, yeah. God, making whatever the Wait, hell we Kai's from there. Texas. Do you know who Cloyce Box is? Yeah, Kai, Kai, do you know here. Cloyce Box? Kai's like 12 years old. Hey, I have no <laughs> idea who Cloyce is, but I was dying <laughs> when I, when DK said that it was Boyce, I just, I lost it. Um, <laughs> no idea who he is. Cloyce and Boyce. Cloyce and Boyce. Well, you're doing your state a disservice by not knowing who Cloyce Box is. I'm going to do some research <laughs> after this. Yeah. Look into your history a little bit. Uh, yeah, I wonder who's saying it. Boyce Box is. Beautiful. All right. Goodbye, <laughs> Goodbye everyone. <laughs>